How's that for some perspective? What do you think about that? Huh? It's all right to clap. Today, uh, we are thinking a lot about those things. We think about uh, the men who, who, who have fought, the men who have worked, uh, the, 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 the people who forged a way for us to be where we are. And it's, it's, it's horrible to think that over the years we have lost track of where we came from. And if we lose track of where we've come from, we will lose track of where we're going. Did you hear what I said? You guys ever watch? You ever, guys ever watch Cars? Ever seen the movie? The movie Cars, Mater, Tow Tow Mater. He can. He's driving around backwards, looking through the rearview mirror and zipping around town and. Lightning McQueen's like, how do you do that? He said, there's no, no need of worrying about where I'm going if I know where I've been. Now sit and think about that for just a second. As a nation, if we know where we've come from, that will take care of where we're going. The word patriot, has a, it comes from Latin and Greek. They're very similar. In their, uh, it means, to, to, it means a, to be a fellow countryman. From the Latin and the Greek, it's from the word patriotes, and it means of one's father. We cannot hope to be the nation we are supposed to be unless we stay connected to our father, unless we stay connected to his truth. It comes from the, the, the word patris, which means fatherland. We as Christians are citizens of even a greater country, we have a greater citizenry even of that of the United States because we are citizens of heaven. And the more we act like citizens of heaven, the more we act like the children of our Father, the more patriotic we can be, the more American we can be because of the words you've just seen on that screen. Today we're thinking a lot about July the 4th, 1776. On that day, a document had been spent many days being written, and on that day, several 55 men, I believe, is that correct? 55 guys signed the Declaration of Independence. Many of them, you saw their names on this screen a minute ago. These words were penned. I want you to think about them as we go forward today. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator. And for a minute, I want to stop right there. You know why? Because if we let this get past us, there are three really important things just in those phrases. Number one, there is truth. Number two, we are created. We did not evolve. And number three, there is a creator who will call all men into judgment. Right there in the beginning of those words, in that beginning of that second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, we find something that we've lost track of. Three things we've lost track of. That there is truth, and they're pretty obvious. That there is a creator who created us. And if we deviate from that, that is the beginning of the end. I know that's not politically correct. I know most of the people on the science channels and the history channels don't want to talk about that, but that is absolutely the truth. That is where this nation was forged from. This is the conception of our nation we're reading right from right now, the beginning of the beginning, and it is absolutely, unequivocally true about us. There is truth. 
we are created and there is a creator. If we all agree on that thing, then we can move forward and we can leap forward onto the rest of it, but we got to start right there. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, of which are life, oh boy, ah, since when does a child not have a right to life if it's right there in the Declaration of Independence? Huh? That all men, all people, well, we don't know when conception starts or when life begins. Baloney. If, we, if, we, if the word of God, which is the foundation for these words that we're reading right now, is absolutely true, and it is, it already tells us. He knows us before we were conceived. He knows us as we were being conceived. He knew us as we were being formed in the womb. That's enough for me. They're endowed with the, 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 the right to life. I'm not trying to, I am too. Yes, I am. Yeah, yes, I am. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We celebrate liberty today. I see a lot of red, white, and blue in the crowd. Have all morning. I'm glad for that. I'm glad to be a free person. We'll talk about what real freedom is here in just a minute. But the other thing that kind of gets me is this pursuit of happiness thing. Because it does not say we have a right to happiness. We have the right, the opportunity to pursue happiness. Just because Joey's got one and you want one doesn't mean you're entitled to what he's got. You're, you're entitled to pursue what he has. Okay? The same kind of thing, but you're not entitled to have what he's got. Are you listening? Are you getting what I'm saying? Is it sinking in? You have a right to you have the, you have the right to pursue it. It's your opportunity. God and the the, the 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 foundation of this nation says we want to give people the opportunity to be all that they can be, to find happiness. We want to give them the opportunity. We don't guarantee they're going to find it because a lot of it is contingent upon them and the choices that they make. Because there's one thing God gave all of us, that's a free will. And our free will has a lot to do with how our life turns out. And so we have the right to pursue happiness. We're not guaranteed happiness. Uh, are you listening? Are you getting what I'm saying? So those are the founding words, really, of our, the creation of our nation. Those are the things that were penned that said, this is where we're going. This is what we believe God has said. And this is how we believe a nation should be run. Listen to these words, some founding fathers. Listen, I love this. Listen to this quote. John Quincy Adams. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. Listen to these words. It, it connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the, with the principles of Christianity. John Quincy Adams says the American Revolution made this happen. Government and Christianity go, phew, Wow! You're not going to hear that on the news tonight, I promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need to get back to that. John Quincy Adams says, we're, we're right now in the middle of a, of a confirmation of a, of a Supreme Court justice. 
trying to figure out where she stands and what she's doing and what she believes and how she's going to rule and how she's going to judge and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Listen to what this, listen to what Chief Justice Earl Warren of the United States Supreme Court says. Listen to these words. This is, this is night, around night, in the 1950s he said these words. I believe no one can read the history of our country without realizing that the, God, the good book and the spirit of the Savior Who? Not a Savior. Not some Savior. The Savior. <laughs> Have from the beginning been our guiding geniuses. Whether we look to the first charter of Virginia, the charter of New England, the charter of the Massachusetts Bay, or the fundamental orders of Connecticut, the same objective is present. A Christian land. prominent person of late that has declared to the news media that we are not a Christian nation. Have you read enough words on the screen yet? Huh? The only reason we're not a Christian nation is because we've deviated from the plan from the beginning. The basis and the foundation of this land is upon Christian principles. Are you hearing me? If the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court can say this 50 years ago, it was true. That was, almost 100, that was like almost 150 years after the conception of this nation. The only thing has changed is us. The truth has not changed. We have deviated. We have gotten off course. This is a, the foundational principles of which this land was designed was upon Christian principles. It was, it should be, it will remain a Christian land if it hopes to be successful. A land governed by Christian principles. I believe the entire Bill of Rights came into being because of the knowledge of our, that our forefathers had of the Bible and their belief in it. They didn't say this was just a good set of rules. Hey, that's a good idea. They said, we believe in this stuff. Chief Justice Earl Warren said those words. You know what's amazing to me? We're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's, it, you saw this, the quote on the screen that John, was it John Adams? Is that right? James Madison found the idea of the, the three branches of government within the book of Isaiah. Did you guys see that on the screen? Was that cool? Isaiah 33. Holy smoke. I love that. Lawgiver? Huh? What was the rest of it? Justice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge? And, and I forget. The sovereign, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are with me. And the funny thing is, we can even find the same kind of idea within the book in the New Testament. Paul writes in Titus chapter 2, listen to these words. For the grace of God has been revealed. We hold this truth to be self-evident. For the grace of God has been revealed. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Bringing salvation to who? All people. All men are created what? We're all equal in the sight of God. You all know that, right? All of us are in death need of the person of Christ. Every stinking one of us. Because we all do stink. Every one of us do. He gave his life, verse 14 says, to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and make us his, his, his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. 
in that passage of Scripture, you find truth being evident, a God who loves and created all of us, and you find three things that he says that we have as Christians. We have liberty, we have life, we have love. Kind of odd, isn't it? On this Independence Day, I think it would be good for all of us to do this. I think it would be good for us as a nation. Can I sit down and talk to you for a minute? Is it all right for me to sit here? Just be one of you for a minute? Talk to you heart to heart, face to face, life to life. I think maybe, just maybe, part of the reason we are having the problems we have is we become so independent, we forgot about God. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. And we hear things all the time about the American spirit. How Americans can make it happen. Americans can have it. Americans can, only in so much as we keep our connection to God the Father. So much of this I hear about the American spirit more is so devoid of the spirit and, and, and the life of God, it scares me. And so I think on this Independence Day, it would be good for us to consider making a new declaration. Not that the old one wasn't sufficient, but in order to get back on track, we should probably make a new declaration. Does that make sense? And maybe, to, maybe, maybe today, instead of a declaration of independence, it might be good for us to make a declaration of dependence. And if, if we were to write one, I would, if I were involved in the process, which I'm not nearly as intelligent like Thomas Jefferson and those guys, not even close, but I, I would want to read something like this. We hold these truths to be scripturally evident. That all men are created. Period. We're just, we're just created. We didn't have any design as to when we got to come into the world. We had no design about how, we had no, no, no input about how it would happen, when it would happen. We had no uh, input as to, to where we were just created. And not only were we created, that we, are in, we were created by a creator who endowed us, that they are endowed by their creator with certain irrefutable needs. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that God has put eternity in the heart of every man. All of us have this big, gaping thing on the inside of us that only God can fulfill. There are certain needs that only He can meet. Today, as we as Americans celebrate the birth of our country and we enjoy the freedom and the liberty that we have and we consider everything that's going on to give us what we have, let us not forget the, the person who paid the ultimate price was the person of Christ because he really knew what we really needed. There are irrefutable needs that every human being has that only God the Father can fulfill, that only the person of Jesus Christ can connect them to. That, 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 is, that is it. There are irrefutable needs that each of us have. Only the Creator can fill. Among these needs, according to Titus, are liberty, life, and love. There's a desire in each of us to be free. There's a desire in each of us to really live. And there's a desire in each of us to really know what love looks like. 
And we can only find the three of those things from the hands of our creator through the connection we have with his son, Jesus. If we as a nation deviate from that, we've, we, we're already getting what we, what, what we got coming. We're already experiencing it. Thank God, God, doesn't, God is a God of covenant who doesn't forget easily and who's very patient and very kind and very merciful. But everything that's going on, this you notice the more we try and separate ourselves from him, the worse things get. Have you noticed that? We keep walking. There's where we're, I think we'll, and the further we get away, the more issues we don't have answers for. The more problems we experience, the more economic upheaval we experience, the more travesty we find, the more tragedy we find ourselves into, the more things that, 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 that Washington can't fix and Columbus can't fix and, and whoever else can't fix, we find ourselves just, and we keep going off the path all the way down, almost like a drunken person, and we can't figure out why. It's because we've left the idea that he's all that matters that this nation can go on without him. Let me read you something. I wasn't going to read this just yet, but I'm going to now because I just... listen. Benjamin Franklin. They say he was a deist. I'm going to read this to you. I don't know. Listen to this real quick. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of superintending providence in our favor. To that kind of providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. Wouldn't you wish people talk like that still? Doesn't that sound awesome? Man. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? They call him a deist because deists believe there's a God out there, but they think he's like far removed, you know? Like you don't really have much to do. I don't. I don't read that. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't read that in that paragraph. God, you know. I hate that one song. I've said it before. I hate that song. I want to shoot the radio every time I hear it. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Whatever. How that stupid song goes. It just drives me crazy. God is not watching us from a distance. He got right involved in our stuff, man. He got out there somewhere. He lives in here. He came and he walked and he breathed and he lived in a pair of moccasins and sandals and whatever else he had to wear. And he came. He's not out there somewhere. Anyway, that's not what Benjamin Franklin says. Have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? My answer to that question right now is yes. We have imagined that we no longer need his assistance. I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. And then he quotes a piece of scripture. And if a sparrow can fall, fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? Ha! Take that, you politically correct junkies. We need him. And the cool thing is he wants us. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. He is God all by himself. He has no need of any of us, but he chooses us anyway. Is that cool? And you know why I think God allowed this nation to be formed in the first place? Because it had, a, it had a spiritual mandate. No nation on the face of this planet has ever sent more missionaries into the missionary field. None. 
No, no ministry, no, 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 no nation has ever spent more money funding kingdom business than the United States of America. And God's still a God of his promise and still a God of his covenant. And he says this, that this gospel will be preached to the end of the earth. Then the end will come. That's why this nation has had a chance to do what it's had to do. That's it. I believe with all my heart. People think, well, you're crazy. Whatever. No, God, God deals in the affairs of men. When God finds people who are serious about his truth, they find, he finds that they're serious about his gospel. When they find that they're serious about his word and walking with him, he will do some great things with people. It don't matter what kind of office they feel or if they feel any office at all. Are you hearing me? I'm all tore up today. I can't help myself. So let's make a declaration of dependence today upon him to give us our liberty in, 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 in that passage of Scripture in Titus 2, it says, He gave His life to free us. That's our liberty. Without Christ, there is no liberty. Did you know all of us were slaves? There's a story in the gospel where Jesus talks to, starts talking to the people of Israel as if they've been enslaved, and all of a sudden they get real pompous and arrogant. What are you talking about? We are the seed of Abraham. What do you mean you can make us free? We've never been enslaved before. Listen, we as Americans start thinking that kind of thought. Well, we've been They've never been bound by anything. No nation's ever ruled over us. You know, we can get like, but listen, we all have the same enslavement issue. We all have been enslaved by our sin. Romans uh, 6, 16 says these words, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, listen to these words, Paul's saying it like it, you know, it's a done deal. All of us are in the same boat, because we are. Once you were slaves of sin, every one of us. But now you will hardly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from the slavery to sin, and you become slaves to righteous living. Listen, would you rather be a slave to a tyrant or a slave to a father who loves you and gave his life? That's the only two choices you have. That's it. You guys remember the movie The Patriot? One of my favorite flicks, man. I love that movie. I like it. And I remember Mel Gibson was, was considering not fighting. Remember that? He, he, he felt like his sins were catching up with him. Do you remember that? His character, Benjamin Martin. Remember that? And he says this, he says this, this, they're, they're, they're having that debate in Charleston, Charlestown, about whether they're going to see, whether they're going to fight, you know, the independence, blah, 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 blah. And he says something to the effect of, would you rather have a ty- one tyrant 3,000 miles away or 3,000 tyrants one mile away? Remember when he says that? He's trying to make this decision about whether he's going to fight, and then, then his family gets tore up, and he decides he's in, and he's all the way in, and he just he picks up that flag. Do you remember that in the end? Oh, man love that. And I think about that because you know what? All of us have to deal with tyranny. And the tyranny is as close as right here if we don't know Christ. It's that close. Matter of fact, a lot of it's in here. It's that close. But Christ has come to set us free. Jesus came to bring us liberty. Luke 4, he talks about that. Let me read that to you. Luke 4, he says these words. 
as he's starting, his, starting his, his, his ministry, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now listen to these next few phrases. He has sent me to proclaim that captains will be released, freedom, that blind will see, freedom from, from all sorts of darkness and blindness, that the oppressed will be set free, and at the time of the Lord's favor, the time of jubilee, the time of liberty has come. Jesus starts his ministry right there with those words. And so it's very much a part of the gospel is the concept of liberty and freedom. But we have to recognize that we're bound before we can walk in freedom. We have to realize that we are messed up without Christ. We have to realize that every day is a battle. There's a challenge being faced for our liberty, for our freedom. But the problem is we don't really get exactly what freedom is. I was driving down the road several years ago. I was heading toward, I can tell you exactly where it was, one of those profound God moment type things. I was thinking about our nation. I was thinking about liberty. I was just, you know, consoling the Lord. And I was driving down High Street heading towards Maine, that weird intersection where Western Avenue and Carlisle and, what was that, 4th Street or whatever that is, you know, right there at the medicine shop. And there used to be an insurance agency right there in the little weird Sunoco station. You know what I mean? And Steinies used cars. You know, that real creepy intersection. Anyhow, um, if you know Steiny, forgive me. I don't know who he is, but he sounds, it sounds creepy. Anyhow, um, I was driving towards Main Street. I was going to turn left off of High onto Main. And I was sitting there, I was asking the Lord about this concept of liberty. And I remember him just speaking this to me as profound as I can remember. I had to grab a pen real quick. And I was sitting there just talking, like, okay, I'm going to write that down. You know? He said, Aaron, liberty is not the ability to do what you want. It is the opportunity to do what you should. See, that's the problem. We as Americans, well, it's a free country. I can do what I want. You've already missed it, brother. You have missed it completely. Because God sets us free so we can be the sons of God. He doesn't set us free so we can do what we want. Paul said all things, somebody had to help me in the first service, all things are lawful, not all things are expedient. Do you get that? I can do all things. It doesn't make any difference. The grace of God covered me. I got covered. But that's not the point. The point is I choose to be be, be a, a servant of God. So God's freedom gives me the opportunity to do what I should. The reason the, the, the pilgrims came over here, the reason they started the Virginia, the, the Virginia colony, the reason that came, was not because they wanted to do anything that they wanted to do. They came because they wanted to be free predominantly to worship. And did you read those words on the screen? For the propagation of the gospel. That was something they should do. They wanted the opportunity to exercise that, to be that. And if we lose, if we lose sight of liberty, it's not about doing what we want. It's about having the opportunity to do what we should. Then we're losing it. We are missing it. And as you as a Christian, you have liberty today in Christ, but the reason Christ sets you free is so that you can be everything God always designed for you to be in the beginning, not just so you could do anything you wanted to. 1 Peter chapter 2 says these words, for you are free, yet you are slaves of God, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Live as free men, the NIV says, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. The NASB says, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for people, but use it as bond slaves of God. The message says this, exercise your freedom by serving God, not breaking the rules. Titus 2.12, we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. And then he goes on to say, and he set us free. 
He set us free so that we could live without the entanglement of sinful pleasure. He has set us free so we could live with devotion to God like we were always designed to live in the beginning. He set us free so we can do those things. We have the opportunity. Before we had no opportunity, we were separated from God. We have, we have had the privilege of living in this land, not so we can just do anything we want to. We have the privilege of living in this land so that we can show what a godly nation looks like. We, we can do what we're supposed to do without any infringement, without any, being imprisoned for it, without being fined for it, without being ridiculed about it. Listen, that's why God gave us this liberty. He wanted a nation that would do what it should. Are you hearing me? Here's the problem. The problem is, we're free, but we don't always know that. And we don't always live like that. So that's why he gave us the next piece. He said he, he came to free us from all of our sins and to cleanse us. Let me tell you a story. I have a German shepherd named Gigi. She's a beautiful dog. She's a great pet. She's a part of the family. For the most part, huh, babe? Although my wife has banished her from the house. And we have an invisible dog fence around our, around our yard. Okay? She's a little shock collar thingy. You know, let her know she's gone too far. I mean, and every now and then we have an issue where the electricity goes off or the batteries go dead and the, and the collar thing. And the funny thing about that is my dog is completely free at that point. She's as free as she can be. She can go anywhere she wants to go. But her mind has not been cleansed from the knowledge of things she's already accumulated. And so even when that thing's not working, you know where she stays? In, in the yard. She still lives as if she's trapped. And a lot of us like are Christians like that. We just read the words on the screen. John 8. The sun sets you free. You are free indeed. The truth, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But we still live as if we're bound. And that's when we need the cleansing of God. Because we need that cleansing to, to realize really what that liberty means to us. To understand, have the understanding of what God has really done for us. Because we know what? Without the cleansing of the power of God, we still live under an air of condemnation and guilt that hampers and hinders, that, that keeps us in a place where we can't really be productive and efficient in the things of the kingdom. And, and, and condemnation leads to death, but redemption leads to life. Listen to Romans 8, 1 and 2. I love the way this reads. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul just began to talk, has been talking about the battle that lies within him between sin and life and making right decisions and good decisions and how he's, he feels like a slave in the middle of that. And he says, but there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, listen to these words, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Is that good news? You have been cleansed from the power of death. You, are, you, are, you are, have the capability, the possibility of walking the power of the life-giving spirit. In fact, unless you are motivated by the Holy Spirit, you can't really enjoy life. Ephesians 5.25, Paul's referring to, the, the, making an analogy between uh, the, church, the husband and wife and, the, and Christ and the church, and he says this, for husbands, this means you love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. When we, when we, when we take the cleansing from, from the word of God, and we don't have to saturate our thoughts, it changes how we perceive life. And we can really live at that point. We, 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 allow, we, we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth, like the scriptures say. 
We saturate our life by the reading of this word. We allow the power of God to get into us by, 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 by submitting and yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to guide us and help us. Then our life becomes cleansed. Then our life can be everything that wants to be. And the Satan can no longer hamper or hinder us because we know that those old tactics of his mean nothing because the, the truth of God's word has been revealed to us. Then we can be all that he wants us to be. Look at, look at Titus chapter 3, verse 4. Listen to these words. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Listen, he washed away our sins. He gave us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous by his word and by his power and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Listen, when you have confidence that you're inheriting eternal life, the condemnation, the guilt of sin is no longer there. You're no longer trapped or hindered by that stuff. You're no longer, that, that collar means nothing. You know that there's no power anymore to keep you hemmed in. The question with us Christians is, we allow Satan to dangle darkness over our head about our insufficiency, about our weakness, about our sin, and we, we just live there in that trap. Even though we know we're free here, we never live it out because we never allow the cleansing of God to penetrate our spirits. We don't, live, we don't wake up in the morning doing what Christ said do. Pick up our cross daily and follow. Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Is that good news? You are free. And you're free indeed. And you can walk into freedom because you can allow the cleansing of God's Spirit and His Word to change your life. Listen to this. Last point. When we obey... Let's consider James 1, 14 through 15. In that passage of Scripture, it really basically it talks about that, that sin begins with the thought. Verses 14 through 15. Here's another thought. You start changing your thoughts, you're not bound by that sin anymore. When you're cleansed of that and you begin to think the thoughts of God because you're cleaning your mind with this word, you begin to live life like it's never been lived before in your, in your existence, in your experience. You're free, and then, you're, then not only are you free, you're cleansed to live in freedom. Is that cool? You can't have one without the other. You can't, tru- you can't truly live unless you have liberty. You can't truly be free unless you live the way God wants you to live. The two go hand in hand. When we begin to obey God's principles, it is there. That should be a T-H-E-R-E, not T-H-E-I-R. Forgive your goofy pastor for being misspelling. I get excited. I start typing and I just... We cross from mere existence of finding real life and in that we find liberty. John 10, 10, Jesus said these words, I have come that they may have what? Life. And what kind of life did he intend for us to have? An abundant, an overflowing life. Full life. Today, as we celebrate our independence, we celebrate our liberty. Next week, Bill and Trish Turkovich are going to be here. But the following week, I'm going to pick up the last idea in this thing of the three, liberty, life, and love. As you celebrate today, celebrate in true freedom. I don't, I don't belittle in any way the sacrifice of all the men and women who have served our country well as military people. only reason 
their sacrifice means anything is because of the sacrifice of Christ. Am I right, Tim? I say that because Tim served, served his country well for a lot of years. And you know what? I've, I, 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 as we celebrate this day, don't, don't let your celebration be devoid of that. Don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. Don't be afraid when Uncle Schmo is sitting there at the table and starts talking about how, you know, I don't know if people mess stuff up and this Christian stuff, I don't know what they're thinking, blah, blah, blah. You know, listen, I ought to, make, ought to put a copy of that video in the hand of every person. Just let them remind them of where we started. Remind them of what this, why this nation exists. It wasn't some secular, humanist, multicultural, goobly goo stuff. It was because people sought out liberty and they sought it from the hand of God through the power of the, the Scripture and the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm not ashamed to wear red, white, and blue. As long as red, white, and blue adheres to the Christian principle and, 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 and the kingdom, kingdom work that it started on, I would never be ashamed to do that. I'd like to take that flag right now. I love that scene in The Patriot where he runs up through the crowd. You know what I'm talking about? And, it, and in the middle of that ruins of that, it's like, it looks like an old church or a mansion or something, a plantation. I don't know what it is. And all of a sudden he just, he's up there and he's going, wave it. Wave the, the glory of God. Wave the power of the gospel. Wave it big and wave it strong. It is the only thing that will save us. Honestly, no immigration reform is going to fix it. Although it'll help, it ain't going to fix it. Because there's going to be another hole in the pot somewhere, another leak we have to stop up as long as we... Do you hear what I'm saying? Today, as you celebrate... Remember the reason you have liberty, the reason you have life, and the, the way you pursue happiness is not by pursuing happiness itself. You find true joy and happiness by, by pursuing Christ, our Savior. Are you hearing me? Today, as you sit here, maybe some of you are saying, you know what? I did not realize that I'm like that dog in your yard. I mean, I, I'm free, but I just haven't really walked in it. Today, connect yourself with the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to cleanse you, make you whole, and make you well. Today, if you don't know Christ, I don't know everybody sitting in here. I'd like to know everybody, but I just don't. Maybe today you don't know that you're walking with Jesus. You don't know that heaven is your home, that eternity is waiting for you in a, in a place that's, that, that, that's right and holy. Listen, Jesus came to free us from our sins, to cleanse us, and to make us his own people. If you haven't experienced that today, today can be your day. You can give your life and, and, your, and your person to Christ and allow him to change who you are. Today, if you're walking in bondage in some capacity or another, maybe you've got an addictive issue. Maybe you have got a, a lifestyle problem, or maybe it's a thought deal where you just can't get out of the wrong thoughts. You're just bound up in there. You know what I'm saying? You can't see your life from God's perspective. You want to be free. 
This can be your day of freedom, but maybe your day of dependence. You stop living life on your own. You throw yourself over to the person of Christ. You give yourself wholly and completely to him. That's really the question, like we were, what we're saying. Who do you say that he is today? Because you could have said he was Christ yesterday, and maybe today you're not so sure. Or at least you're not living it like, or you're not living in a committed fashion towards him. And today you need to make a reaffirmation of that commitment. Let's stand.